So he tempts them through the realm of the senses, and you'll watch, again, what they believe about God, or they believe a lie, and so now, now because they believe the lie, what happens? Notice that Adam and Eve never had any problems until they believed the lie. If you, many people's own interpersonal relationships have to do with lies they believe about themselves and about God, but they blame their spouse with it. Because there is something instinctive as flawed people that we'd rather blame someone else for why we, we're at the place that we're at. Right. We're all in there. So I don't exempt myself from that one. So they believe the lie. Their relationships get distorted. Their bodies get distorted. The world gets distorted because they were called to have dominion in that world. That has not changed. Your world is distorted by every distorted belief that you have. Say it over here. Your world (laughs) is distorted by every distorted... Because, listen, this is why this this is like beyond important. Because if you don't believe about yourself what God believes about you, and you are in agreement with a demon, when you're walking around, that demon is defining how people relate to you. Not you, the person next to you. (laughs) Jesus is our example of this. I encourage you, read the Gospels over and over again, and you will see. I actually have a whole chapter in my book on it, of how Jesus related to the Father, and he is the perfect example of the Son of God who walked by faith. But there's there's a theme. I want to read this here. Okay, we're moving, we're tracking. You're still here, so keep tracking with me. Look at the end of Hebrews chapter 11. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. I wanted to read this because I, wanted, I, I felt like the Lord just wanted to touch on this briefly. God, having provided them something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. I believe, and I have sensed this many times over the last probably 10 months, that we are actually answering the prayers of previous generations. Oh, yeah. I've seen it like in different cities I've been. I see like these small groups of people. That's why during outpourings, they were saying, this is awesome, but it doesn't measure what's coming. And they saw the time that we're living in now. And I believe even, I I felt like the Lord showed me this a a few days, like the last week, that my grandfather is actually watching certain parts of my life. And I felt like the Lord told me, because he was disappointed at the end of his life, because he was so prophetic, he saw things and he thought he was going to see in his day, but they were reserved for you. And now he rejoices because you're living in the things he saw. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about calling up dead people. That's what I'm talking about. Only God does that. Like, like don't, that's the difference between us and right, you agers. Right, right. But what I am saying is they're not dead. They're just in a different dimension. Yeah. You're, by the way, everyone lives forever. That is, that is, the, he said it right. That is the greatest pain to not be in Christ because you will remember when you heard the truth. That's one thing that will never die, and it's your memory. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is, 
That's why, like, it's important to tell people that don't give in to this stuff. And, and I'm not talking about be rude or me. I mean, let's just, let's just be real, too. There's some very foolish believers out there. They speak for God, and you're like, you don't speak for me, you know? No, I don't want all people to burn. Like, no, no. Some people, like, and I think it's because they think God hates them. Like, let them all burn. Like, you're crazy. You're not of the same spirit. Therefore, we are, now here he tells us, therefore we are also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What is he basically telling you? He's telling you because there's a previous generation that's made choices that you get to live in, you better put everything aside to live with specific purpose. Then verse 2, this is really important. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of a faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I want to suggest to you that Jesus went to the cross by faith in the Father. He died fully God, fully man. He is seeing faith gives you an eye to see the future as God intends. So what's he doing? He's walking through this life. He knows he's got to die. So he's got to have a picture of going to the cross, but not just going to the cross, resurrecting. So he's got this picture in his eye that he goes, I have to endure that. And think about how humble he is because that cross has no benefit to Jesus. So he's, he goes to the cross by faith because he had a picture by faith of what it would bring him. Do you have a picture of what faith will bring in your life? Yeah. Endured the cross, despising shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus is this model here. And so, but obviously we come into the kingdom with these uh, unrenewed minds, and this is why the, the renewed mind is such an important thing. But the renewed, let me just pause here for a second too, and just say, biblical faith is not believing something is true. Let me say this again. Biblical faith is not believing something is true. It is putting your complete dependence that that is true and acting correspondingly. I have staked my entire life on the idea that I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, not of my own accord, not of my own goodness, but one day I believe I will rule and reign with him. My entire life is based on that truth. My entire life is based on this truth. Whatever God has said, this is true, this is true, this is true, this is true. I'm so, I, I, believe it. I, I believe what the word of God says, that if I had a... a, a, a Piece of wheat toast, and that was the only thing I had about it. I tithe off that wheat toast. Come on. Because I stake my entire life on what he said is true. Amen. Yeah. Agree. There's a lot of people who agree with God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that's true. But they've not staked their entire life on it. Yeah, come on. And I just want to say things change so quickly in this world. Probably the most foolish thing you could ever do is, is live without faith in God. Because yeah. yeah. it is the faith of God, right? God has faith, and he gives you the God kind of faith to walk in. 
When you, when you hand something over to God and you go, I am yours to command in this way. I believe that this is true. And boom, 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 boom. It's nice because what you are doing is on the inside of you, it goes in you like a seed, but that belief anchors your world where everything, God's enabling powers operating on your life and everything you're trusting him to bring to pass. That's why it doesn't matter if it happens overnight, happens tomorrow. You go, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to bring that which he has said to pass. So how does this work? We hear, we hear things from, first of all, foundation of walking by faith, and I'll land the plane here. Foundation of walking by faith, we have, we have made the, the consistent decision. And I've noticed I, I make this at least once a week. God, I want to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my... Do not give in to this perverted thing that is so prevalent. Well, yeah, yeah, we just trust, yeah, it's okay, just relaxing. And like this American version of pursuing God. It is distorted, it's not biblical, and it doesn't produce anything. What is your life producing? John 15 called you to produce fruit. And out of that place of fellowship, we put the word of God first place. I always say, what, is, what, are the th- what are the things in your life? What are the things that God has said are true? What are the things that are out of order, or out of function? In You were not created to live at the mercy of your circumstances. Amen. You were not created. I, well, yeah, I guess you know, I just have to accept this. Nothing's changed. Things. Took a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, happened. Things took three months, two months. But the thing is, you keep fighting the fight of faith. Amen. There is no other choice if you're in the kingdom Amen. of God. Amen. And without progression, you're getting run over. No, that's just the truth. I've just noticed. And, and I'm not saying you're, you can see it. It's this incremental thing where you go, oh, I've moved along in a year. It's like working out. You know, you start, you go, you think you're in hell, you know? You're like, oh, Lord, Jesus, this is hard. <laughs> the devil is a liar. <laughs> and then you do it, you do it. You, I'm, I'm part of this discipline. And then, then you go, oh, I missed a turn here. But you look back a year, two years, three years, and hopefully you're thinking completely different than you did three years ago. Yeah. The important thing is you stay the course. And don't do that. This is, this is another thing. The enemy loves to sponsor you with a religious spirit. If you miss a turn, thank you, Jesus. You don't have time to, to go back. You cannot go back to tomorrow. You can't go. You should press on towards it. Now own it. Own it. Call it what it is. I missed a turn. Forgive me, Lord. Going to get it back on the path again. And you keep staying the course. Now, here's, here's uh, an important thing. Look at uh, Matthew 13. Out of fellowship, out of connecting with the community, you're going to hear things that are supposed to establish you in a mindset, and it's called the Word of God. The enemy, I know, goes to church, then more, go, goes to more services than most believers do. Yeah. Why? Because he wants to, no, I'm serious. He wants to steal the word from you. Yes. Yes. Come on. 
Look at verse uh, Matthew 13, 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. What is that? We, we, we understood that it's faith that causes us to understand. So what's he saying there? When anyone hears a word from God and doesn't put their faith in it, the enemy now has access to steal it. That's why you have to be constantly hearing, not only here, but everywhere you go, you're in tune to what he's saying. I try and listen to what's taking place at a meeting because there are things being said because I'm in that meeting that are life-giving. And if I miss the moment and I don't wrap my faith around it, I've just lost the seed of what God was saying. And he tells us in Matthew 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. Hearing is actually, I've, I've come to conclude, your hearing is more important than even your heart. Because if you don't hear it, it can't get in your heart. So you, you will hear, and, and here's really important that I've learned. The challenge of this is revelation comes, it is filtered through your intellect. And your intellect will try and tell you, because probably the situation that you're living and your experience is probably far different than what God has just said to you. But if you will receive it by faith, and that's why I encourage, I'm still listening to something 10 years ago, a teaching te- from 10 years ago, because the Lord said, you still haven't gotten it. Listen to that. Listen to that. Listen to that. Because, because this is how faith works. You'll hear it and you go, yes, there's a reception. But it's not just an intellectual agreement. You got to get that thing deep, deep where you hear it again and again. Abner translation, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. That's why probably, we, that's why we don't really don't have time for much anything else. You got to hear that thing over and over and over and over and over and over because faith works like this in your belief system. It's like you have a little cup and you're putting water in it. And once you start, that little cup is not going to overflow the first time, but it's gotten in the cup of your heart. That's why he says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. So you guard that thing, and you protect that seed. This is where I'm going. And this, no, nobody's going to tell me where to go here. And eventually it overflows, but there's also corresponding action that must come with it. And one of the beauties of this process is this. You will discover the trauma in your life when you really position yourself to walk by faith. How do we know this? Zacharias, Luke chapter 1. It says as he's righteous and trustworthy, and he's trusting God, and he's asking, he's doing the right thing. He's asking God for a son. And the angel of the Lord comes to him and he says, you read that. I encourage you to read that. We don't have time to read this morning. Read that. It is an amazing prophecy about this man, this young boy called John. He's actually asking God for something that there's a trauma in his heart that he can't receive it. He asked, how can this be? Intellect and disappointment. I gave up on that, God. I mean, I was saying the prayer, but I gave up. And God didn't throw him away, but it beca- it's an opportunity to identify the trauma that would keep him back from receiving that. Now, you'll also see something else, though. 
you'll see that his unbelief is so powerful that the angel goes, okay, since you can't believe it, you can't speak until he's born. Your words declare your belief system. Faith comes by hearing. And then the declaration. It's not just a declaration. When you're saying it, your spirit is anchoring itself into that thing where you're trusting it, you're believing it, and it begins to become part of your consciousness. Hearing. Again and again. Identifying. Trauma. I mean, I, I just say it's like I, I'm getting constantly delivered. And the people who don't need deliverance, they need the most deliverance. Because <laughs> the lie is I have fruit in that area, so every other area must be wonderful. So we're all on this process of this narrow road of walking by faith that we get to identify these areas. And, and you just got to call it for what it is. You know, like, you know, it's just something I've had since childhood. No, it's a sin you've had since childhood. I don't mean that to be mean, but once you can identify it, that's when you get free of it. And then there's practical action. In that practical action, what is it? What is a mindset? Your mind becomes set on acting in that way. Mindset. Here's the thing I've observed with believers, though. They'll develop a mindset, but then, because here's the goal. His goal is to continually expand your mindset. And then they'll go, no, that's a little too crazy, God. No. Just use one example from my life. I remember years ago, I think I maybe had like $800 in the bank or something. I'm at my friend's like first anniversary church celebration. The Lord said, give $100. I said, the devil is a liar. (laughs) What's he trying to do? Establish a mindset. In the middle of that, I'm identifying areas in my heart. You really, you really get, it doesn't matter if you have lots of money or little money. You really discover when you, when you begin track with God in that area, if you love money. So what? Now, not that I arrive at like $100, man. Spend $100 by breathing in some churches, you know, so $100. But then it's, X amount, then it's this amount. Then it's, then, then, because he doesn't want you stuck in a mindset. And here's the thing. You run the risk of becoming a religious believer when you become fossilized in your mindset. Wow. What's fossilized? You know, I, I, I still got it. If I go to my parents' house today, they still have my shoes as a little boy. They're beautiful. They're nice. They're nice to look at, but they, are, they cannot be worn in this season. And by the way, they're going to heaven. (laughs) But it's not producing anything on the earth. Here's another key to walk by faith. Pray in the spirit. Guard your heart. I want to land the plane with this. This is no 
exaggeration. This is no anything. I saw it this morning. I saw it three weeks ago in um, New Day Martinsville on a Friday night. There are riches in God available for his people in this season. Unprecedented things available for his people in this season. You can't do it by working it up. You can't do it in your own strength. But there is a grace available to God's people to apprehend unheard things. A real, you know what I'm learning? A real prophetic person is not somebody who hears God. Animals hear God. Serious. In fact, there's a whole group of people who when they stand before God, he never tells them their prophecies were false. He just says you didn't know the God you were prophesying for. Real maturity is not determined by hearing. Real maturity is hearing and then knowing what to do within the context of what you've just heard. That is where God wants to take us. I've heard this, and now, because I'm in friendship, I don't really understand everything. I'm walking some things out in my personal life. I don't even fully understand them, but I go, God's doing something, so I'm just saying yes. I don't know what this is, but I know I'm doing it for him. And it's connecting with something from the past. You might be like, I'm, I'm, only, I'm the first believer in my family. You're still connecting with something in your heritage. I bet if we went two, three, four generations back, you're connecting with a prophet. You're connecting with an apostle. You're connecting with something. Do you receive this word? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for hungry people. If you just receive this prayer, I just want you to just lift your hands to heaven. Father, just by the authority you've given me, I just declare these group of people are going to walk by faith and not by sight as never before. Father, I declare that you are, you are releasing grace to be faithful to the course for which you've put them on the earth for such a time as this. By the authority God has given me, I, just, I declare over your life that you are a gift to the world. I declare with the same love that the Father had for Jesus. He loves you. I declare you are blessed in your mind, blessed in your ears, blessed in your body. I declare you are well able to advance the kingdom of God. I declare that you're well able to pursue and pioneer everything that God has called you to do. I bless you in this season to hear what you've never heard. I bless you to encounter what you've never encountered. 
I bless you to steward what God has put in your hand in this season. I declare Mark the ninth chapter over you that when you believe, nothing will be impossible for you. I declare for some of you, you'll like be a Peter walking on the water, walking by revelation and overcoming and walking in places that you never knew you would walk in. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare for New Day, High Point, and the movement that you've called it to steward, I declare there is an expansion, there is an outpouring as never before among this group of people, not just in this room, but everywhere they go as an apostolic people. I declare they're hearing what they've never heard. I declare vision, vision, vision as never before. Vision, vision, vision. Vision, 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 multiplication, increase, and expansion. I declare Exodus 34 that your goodness and your kindness, you are gracious and kind, merciful to your people. And just lift your hands one time. I just see this. The Lord marks you today as a people. The Lord marks you today as a people. The Lord marks you today. I declare by the authority God has given me as a prophet of the Lord, I just declare today is divine shift for you in every way in Jesus' name. Yeah. Give God praise.